I was just wondering if there was anything else to announce or say. Hallelujah. Well, I'm glad to see every one of you. Oh, we had marvelous Easter service, didn't we? I was so thrilled. I was so thrilled. It thrilled my heart. Hallelujah. What God did. And God blessed. Oh, he just blessed, blessed, blessed. And um, hallelujah. I've just been soaking and basking in those wonderful testimonies and the power of God that was here. Uh, it was just, it was transforming. And I appreciate that resurrection life that was here. Uh, for the last, this was the third week that we've been talking about ruling and reigning in this life. And uh, not a new subject for us at Word of Life Church. We know we have authority. But uh, the first week we talked extensively about the foundation for ruling and reigning and why we can do that and looked at the scriptures about who He made us in the redemption. Looked at a lot of scriptures. And then last week we talked about our enemy, the devil. And we didn't just talk about... We, talked, we, we know that we are triumphant over him. But we talked about his uh, beginning, how, uh, how God created him as Lucifer, and he, we talked about his fall, and we talked about, <coughs> hallelujah, uh, some of the characteristics of Satan based on the Word of God and his names, the things the Word of God calls him. The Word of God calls him, for one thing, an adversary, and we know that he's our adversary. Uh, he's our enemy. He, the devil is our enemy and everything else associated with him also is the enemy of Christ and our enemy. Uh, so in tonight we're going to continue to talk. We don't like to really talk about the devil, but you know, the Bible says in second Peter, uh, right in that first chapter, it says, add to your faith knowledge. And we, we, if we don't, you know, the Bible says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And so we have to not, we don't just need to know about something. We need to know and understand how it works. Not just, you know, it's not, a, you, you're not going to function well in the body of Christ if you don't have an understanding of how things work and why they work that way. Uh, <clears throat> I believe the devil knows when people are ignorant and he takes advantage of ignorance. So we're, we're, uh, never want to be that way. Paul told us several times in the New Testament, brethren, I would not have you to be ignorant about certain things. And ignorant doesn't mean stupid. It just means unlearned, just hadn't learned it. And so, uh, we could all have a level of ignorance in some areas, but we don't want to. And we're on a pursuit, uh, to know and understand and to have the knowledge we need to walk in all that Jesus Christ paid for on the cross. Hallelujah. I don't want to, to, to walk in an unworthy manner. That would be, there's two ways to describe walking in an unworthy manner. That would be walking in a, not living a, a good life, living a bad life could be an unworthy manner. But another way to walk unworthily is to let everything Jesus died and bought and paid for just go to naught because we didn't, because we didn't walk in it and live it and, and, uh, uh, uh exercise what he's bought and paid for for us. Hallelujah. So we're going to talk about Satan's dominion after the fall first. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4. So we know that uh, Satan fell to the earth. Uh, Jesus said, I saw him like lightning fall to the earth. And uh, <coughs> That, that happened, and that happened before the Garden of Eden. And he was already in the earth when the Garden of Eden happened. I personally believe, and I mean, that, the, that God sent Adam because 
uh, he wanted him to straighten out the mess that the devil made in with the earth. And we know in Genesis 1, it said, 2, it says uh, that the earth was formless and void. It means that that word is tovu bavohu. And uh, that's the only Hebrew I can speak right there, except for uh, uh, shalom. <laughs> Hallelujah. But those two, tovu bavohu. And that means chaotic, in a chaotic state. When, de when the devil hit the earth, I don't know what he did, but he tore it all to pieces. I don't know why he was able to do that. God has not given us all those things. We will learn those in heaven. We'll know, hallelujah, all of those things. But we can find a lot of stuff more than in the Word than, you know, it's just putting all the pieces together sometimes because it's in different books of the Bible and so forth. And so the earth was formless and void. And I believe the reason God sent Adam was one, he wanted a family. We hear that often. And I believe that's true. God is a family man. But also I believe he wanted the earth. I don't think he wants anything in his creation chaotic and tore up and beat up. And, and I believe he wanted Adam to come back and straighten it all out. Adam committed high treason and gave his authority over to the devil and for some reason I don't even know the answer to this but uh, that 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 uh, that that what he gave that authority he gave to Satan is only for a certain period of time specifically for 6,000 years now why God limited but thank God it is limited thank God it can't go on forever hallelujah the Bible says the devil knows his time is short and that that's one of the reason he is he is wrecking havoc in many areas now another reason he's wrecking havoc is because Christians don't know their authority and haven't haven't been ruling and reigning in life as we should Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 4, 4. Uh, so where is Satan's dominion after the fall? In whom the God of this world, that, that right there tells us where, that, that, in, that in the world he has a certain dominion, that he is the God of this world, hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. So he, he just blinds people that if you're not a, a Christian, if you're not born again, then the devil has blinded their eyes. You know, hallelujah. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So he is he is continually working a work of blindness uh, against the unbeliever, trying to get them, hallelujah, to not be able to see. Not hallelujah for that, but hallelujah. We 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 made it through and overcame and 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 received Jesus. Um Ephesians 6, 12, we see that his dominion extends beyond the earth. Uh, hallelujah. We don't really like this, but it's true. The Bible says so. It says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. So this world would be in his dominion against spiritual wickedness in high places. So that in that word high places there, if you my margin says this and in most uh, in a lot of um, translations it says wicked spirits in the heavenlies. So we know that there is a certain amount of dominion and influence that the devil has in the heavenlies, and we want to talk about that tonight. Now, the Bible in 2 Corinthians, if we're going to look at some scriptures tonight, so get your flipping fingers on. 2 Corinthians 12, 2. 2 Corinthians 12, 2. 
Paul said, I knew a man in Christ, and he's talking about himself. It was uh, uh, not uncommon uh, for in this Eastern mindset for people to be very modest and to not refer to themselves as, well, I was the man that did this. But we know John talked about himself that way. He said, uh, he said the disciple whom Jesus loved, and we, he was talking about himself. And Paul here says, uh, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell. Now what Paul is saying here is, he's fixing to tell us that he went to heaven, and what he's saying is I don't know if my whole body and spirit went or if my body just laid here resting and it was just my spirit that went to heaven. He didn't know which. I cannot tell. God knoweth. Such as one caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which it is not lawful for a man to utter. And so we see here from what he said that he was caught up into the third heaven. And notice there he refers to it in, he calls it um, in verse two, the third heaven. In verse four, he calls it paradise. And so the third heaven and paradise are the same thing. Now, in the, uh, it, the first heaven, now I'm going to tell you first how we know this. And I trust that this is true. This bears witness to my heart. But there's some things that I'm going to teach you tonight that we know because in 1950, Jesus began to appear. He appeared five or six times. I can't even remember which to Brother Kenneth E. Hagin. And you can read about all of those appearances in Brother Hagin's book, I Believe in Visions. And Jesus appeared to him and explained some things in the Word to him that there was little understanding in the body of Christ about. And Jesus backed those things up that he told him with Scripture. And we're gonna, I'm going to give you some of those things tonight. So Jesus, one of the things Jesus told him was this, that the first heaven is the atmospheric heavens, which are right above the earth, the atmosphere. And um, <clears throat> that would be called the heavenlies. And then also the second heaven, he told him, is the stellar heavens, the stars, moon, and space. That's the stellar heavens, and that's the second heaven. And then the third heaven uh, here that Paul refers to, he, Jesus told him, in the, and this is we know this, in the new covenant, paradise is the third heaven. In the Old Covenant, paradise was the bosom of Abraham. And we know we read in the Gospels how when people died, the Old Testament saints, when they died, they went into the bosom of Abraham, which was somewhere probably maybe below the earth. And there was, you could actually from, from uh, the bosom of Abraham, you could see over into uh, hell. I don't know. It wasn't the hell of hells. It was like Sheol. And they could see over. And you remember the man who uh, called across. He could see Abraham across the gulf, it said. And he called to him. And he said, uh, Father Abraham, go go uh, tell my brothers or something. And, uh, in the, and it went on back and forth. And in the end, Abraham said, listen, if they didn't believe Moses and the prophets, they wouldn't believe me. And uh, so... Uh, <coughs> So um, at some point, God moved uh, the old... It was after Jesus and, you know, Jesus went in the bowels of earth and preached to the captives held captive. That was the... Uh, 
the Old Testament saints who had never who had tri- who had lived righteously by the law, uh, but had not had an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ. And so he went in and presented the plan of salvation to him, and he led them out of there. And at that time, he moved uh, he moved paradise to heaven, uh, and and paradise uh, and the third heaven is all the same thing now, okay? And uh, we, we know that, uh, let's look in uh, Luke 23, 43. So I hope I got that across good. Okay, so that's the third heaven, Luke 23, 43. And we can see these things in the scriptures. And when, Brother, when Jesus appeared to Brother Hagen, uh, and we have to, anytime we have an appearance, or we see a vision, and God tells us something, or even if it's just the still small voice, we must always test it by scripture. Amen. And so uh, Luke 23, 20, 23, 43, it says, And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. He's talking to the, uh, the thief on one side of him at the cross. Uh, he said, today you'll be with me in paradise. He received him and believed right then. And that just tells us a lot of things about uh, that it's not works. He didn't have time to get, we knew it wasn't works from other scriptures, but right there proves that we don't get there by works because he's hanging on the cross. He can't do any works, right? We also know you don't have to be water baptized to go to heaven, which a lot of people teach, but it couldn't be because the thief right there. Uh, hallelujah. If we had to be water baptized in order to go to heaven, it would be a works. Instead, water baptism is an act of obedient faith and is a really a testimony to others of what has happened. It's a demonstration of what has happened to us on the inside. And so uh, right here, that answers some questions that some people might have. Uh, in 2 Corinthians 12, 4, we already looked at that. We won't go again, but there's it's referred to heaven and paradise. And then go over to Revelation 2, 7. So the third heaven is heaven. The third heaven is paradise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we're proving that for sure with the scriptures and even with the scriptures that Jesus said himself. Revelation 2, 7. Behold, he cometh with clouds and every eye shall see him. Am I looking in the right place? Yes. And every eye shall see him and they also. That's not it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Why? I read this this afternoon and it read that way. Hallelujah. I'm not. I'm in 1, 7. That's what's wrong. Hallelujah. Good. He that heareth an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life. There it is. Which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Now there we go. God's moved something else. Because where did the tree of life used to be? In the Garden of Eden. And after the fall, God moved the tree of life to paradise, to heaven. And we know in Revelation 22, it says, And I saw a pure rival. Pure river, pure river, a pure river, hallelujah. And in the midst of it was the tree of life, hallelujah. Praise God. So that's something else God moved was the tree of life. He moved it to paradise or to heaven. Glory to God. Now, we know in Mark 16, 19, that heaven is the place where Jesus is right now. Hallelujah. Jesus is not here on earth with us. But He has sent His Holy Spirit to be on earth with us, right? And the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit is. He is the Spirit of Jesus. 
Hallelujah. It's the same spirit that lived inside Jesus when he walked the earth. It's the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit. We're so grateful. Uh, and let's see, we're looking at Mark 16, 19. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. Hallelujah. So we know that in heaven, heaven, this third heaven, this paradise is where the throne room of God is. Hebrews 1, 3. You're going to just know all about this. Hallelujah. And you know, it's, uh, it's hard to be bold when you don't understand something. It's hard to be bold when you don't, have, when you don't know. In fact, if we don't know something, we'll kind of shy away from saying anything. But if we know, and we know that we know, and we know we're right, we can be bold, can't we? Hebrews uh, 1, 3. <clears throat> Who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person, upholding all things by the word of His power, when He had by Himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. So there Jesus is, sitting down uh, at the right hand of God in heaven. Hebrews 4.14 Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. So Jesus in heaven, sitting at the right hand of God. And then if you go over to John 14, 1 through 4, the, Jesus said, well, we'll just read it. I like the way the Bible says it. John 14, 1 through 4. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Jesus is the way. You know the way. Jesus is the way. And He's the only way to get to heaven. You can't get there by works. You can't get there on Grandma's apron strings. Hallelujah, as some would say. And uh, you, you, But the, you get to heaven by receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And He is preparing a mansion for you. And I know I had a vision and I saw part of mine. And I'm telling you, you're going to like what He prepares for you. He knows just your style. Hallelujah. He knows just your taste. He knows just what you want. Hallelujah. Praise God in heaven's a beautiful place and I'm excited about it Philippians 1 and I think we'd have a lot better Christians if they knew more about heaven and they were more excited about uh, you know uh, going there uh, Keith Moore I heard him say one time he said you know you're not you don't you're not much earthly good until you're not afraid to die hallelujah you're gonna be more uh, worth more in the earth to God if you're not afraid to die. And one way not to be afraid to die is to understand heaven. Hallelujah. And understand how temporal this life is anyway. And also understand, well, we'll get some, we're going to get some understanding even from these scriptures. Philippians 1, verse 21. For Paul said this, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Say gain. Now, you know the ways people act, and, and you know, certainly, if somebody wasn't born again, we should have weeping and gnashing of teeth for where they went. But when somebody's born again, this says, this says it's better. It's to, it's gain. It's promotion. 
It's graduation. It's hallelujah. It's good. It's not a, you know, um, more of our funeral services ought to be rejoicing services. More of our funeral services, but ought to be uh, hallelujah, rejoicing, praise God, singing the king is coming, and I don't know what all, but hallelujah. We ought to be shouting and praising God. Hallelujah. Dancing a little jig. But, you know, we're sorrowful for ourselves if we lost a loved one. But on the other hand, sometimes that could just be plain old selfishness, couldn't it? Hallelujah. Praise God. I know my little grandmother died now. I can guarantee you she loved Jesus and she was, oh man, she knew him. I'm telling you, she knew him and she just loved him. And she, uh, uh, she I know she was thrilled. Just thrilled to be there. And so my grandfather, he's kind of whining around and everything. And, and uh, him and my aunt, who didn't really, they kind of clashed their whole, the whole time. She, it's her, their daughter-in-law, my grandfather's daughter-in-law. Not my mother, but the other, but, and not Rita, but Sam's wife. Okay, <laughs> anyway. So anyway, grand-grand's whining, and I just want to go be with Hixie and all this. And, and Stephanie said, you just leave her alone. She's having fun up there, and she just don't need you up there bothering her. That's what she, we all just laughed, and that's the truth. I'm telling you what. He was quite a little bit above the bother while he was here. Hallelujah. And uh, hallelujah. But he, he got in there behind her, too. He went to. Hallelujah. And hopefully he got fixed where he wasn't a bother anymore. Praise God. But she just told him like it was. Uh or like she thought it was anyway. So uh, we're there in John. Where did I leave John for? No, Philippians. We're in Philippians 1, 2 and 21. To die is gain. 22. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Now here what he's saying is, is that if I go on living in the flesh, it's a good thing because I can just bear more fruit. And so if we're going to live, that's what it ought to be for. Yet for what I... For what Yet what I shall choose, I wot not. Now you need to notice this because this is a very insightful scripture. Paul said he was the one that was going to choose. He didn't say, now God, you're going to choose when I go. And you know, God, just when, when you're ready for me, you're just going to come take me home. He said, no, I don't know what I'm going to choose. And I think you'd be surprised. You know, <clears throat> God doesn't choose for people. They choose for themselves. Sometimes they, they choose without knowing they're choosing. Sometimes they choose by uh, things they've said that they don't think mean anything. I know there was a Rhema student that uh, Brother Hagen prayed for and prayed for. He, I think he was, he was dying. And they got the whole student body together praying. Brother Hagen's used to getting his prayers answered. And he couldn't figure out why. So he went to God. And, the, and why did he die? Well, the Lord told him, said, well, spiritual laws have been set into motion that cannot be changed at this time. There are spiritual laws, and when you work them in not a good way, they still work. It's called you have what you say. And so after the funeral was over and everything, one of the family members just happened to mention to Brother Hagin, said, you know, he said all his life he had died before he was 40. He said it all his life. Well, he, he, you know, you, that might not happen saying it one time. It might, but if you say something over and over again, 
You're going to set a spiritual law into motion that it won't matter. I, we, could, we could pray till the cows come home and we wouldn't be able to change the spiritual laws that we set in motion with our mouth. So we have to, if, we, if, if you've set any in motion, and you know, they try to set those things in motion for you even at the doctor's office. They'll say, now, what is your family history? Does your mother or grandmother have cancer? They try to set those. They want you to, uh, they don't want you to. They think this is science and it is science in a certain way, but uh, you can override the science with your confession of your mouth if you won't buy into it. Hallelujah. And won't take the curse of the generations passed down and say, no, you know what? And you know what? It is not a law that you have to fill that in on those forms. And I just leave it all blank. Because I said like Pastor Buzzy, I've been refathered from above. Hallelujah. So I just leave that kind of stuff blank. Hallelujah. I leave a lot of stuff blank on there. I just, you know, I'm just like, do what I tell you to do. And, 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 uh, and don't and don't do no more. Hallelujah. And I cancel appointments all the time too. Oh, they want to set you up with every doctor in town. It is a some of it is just I think that they have a there's I don't know about this. Garland might could tell us, but I nearly feel like sometimes they all get together and say, Now, if you'll refer to me, I'll refer to you and and you know it's just they have you bouncing all over the town. And sometimes I have literally I got into the trap before and had two doctors in this town go. What are you here for? You know, I don't know why they sent you. You know. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. So, okay, he says, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Verse 22, But if I live in the flesh, yet it's the fruit of thy labor. Yet what shall I choose? I wot not. What shall I choose? And, you know, um, uh, let me just say this. Um, uh, I, um a lot of people go too soon because they're choosing wrong things. And they get tired, and they get tired of fighting. And uh, also, and then sometimes older people, I know uh, uh, older people, especially if they're Christians and they really love God and they spend time with God, they get to seeing over there. And when they get to seeing over there, even though we love them and we want them to stay, sometimes it's hard to make them stay because they'd rather go than stay. And we're praying for them to be healed and they're going, and once they've got a glimpse of it, and they may say all the right things, but it's really it's what they're saying in the heart. On the outside, they may be saying, yeah, honey, you pray I be healed. But on the inside, they're saying, I can't wait to go. I am tired of this life. And I tell you, I never, you, when you're 20 or something like that, you don't ever think you'd be tired of it, but just wait for a few years. <laughs> hallelujah. Me and Deborah are already ready for the rapture. We're like, hallelujah. We, we got one foot off the ground all the time just seeing if, if we can kind of go. Hallelujah. Um, uh, but we're not going for our time. I'm going in the rapture. Okay. Uh, praise God. And so, but then I tell you what, a lot of people who are really, really sick and they need to go, they don't go because they don't choose to go. And they don't choose to go sometimes because, uh, first of all, they won't let go of people. They're more trusting in people than they are God. Or they are afraid. They have fear. And so they fight. I know Michael's grandmother, she, she fought. She fought, 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 fought to live. And then the only reason they finally go is just the body finally succumbs to whatever. You know, <laughs> hallelujah. So, um, 
I think we should live different than that. I don't think we should go before our time. I think we should get healed. Brother Hagin said he never, he got people healed. He, he even, he said, there's a little old lady in church. She said, Brother Hagin, I'm ready to go. She had been sick and said, oh, I'm ready to go. And he said, well, I tell you what, you can go, but let's get you healed first and you go right. Then you just choose to go. Hallelujah. Because the way you're supposed to go is you're supposed to just say, I think I'll go today. And, and uh, you go sit down out in the rocking chair on the front porch and you just start rocking and you leave. You depart. You leave by departure. You just depart. Hallelujah. Praise God. But you know, that's not the will of God. If you're young now, if you've run, you, you, you should never do that unless you've run your race and finished your course. And you know it. And uh, you should never do that. If you're young and you can still bear fruit in the body of Christ, it is sin. It is selfishness. And selfishness is a sin for you to say, I'm just going to depart. I'm going to go. Amen. So you're in sin if you try to go when you're young enough to bear fruit in the body of Christ. But when you get old up there in years and you know you've, you've completed the work that God has for you here on earth, your assignment, well then just depart. Hallelujah. Well, you know, just uh, Brother Halverson, he just departed uh, uh, in the service at Mac Hammond's church. Just, I don't know, Mac hugged him and he just went, he just went, he just... He just departed with a smile on his face. Right in the service. It, hallelujah. That's the, and they called Brother Hagin and told him Brother Halverson departed during the service. And he said, what a way to go. What a way to go. Okay, so uh, let's keep looking. So, uh, so third heaven, what we're talking about. There are no wicked spirits in heaven. There are, so let's, I don't, this is extra, but turn over to Psalm 23. There are no wicked spirits in heaven. Because uh, the 99.9% of the body of Christ got Psalm 23 all wrong. And we read it at funerals. Don't they read this at funerals? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Thy word and Thy spirit, they comfort me. Rod and staff would be word and spirit. They comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. This is not a picture of heaven. Because there are no enemies in heaven. And so if you are in the presence of your enemies, you are right here on this earth. And, uh, and, and this is what God wants to do for us right here on earth. This is not someday in the sweet by and by, but it's, in the, it's the sweet now and now. Hallelujah, that He prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. He anoints our head with oil. Our cup runs over. Hallelujah, it's days of heaven on earth. It's the abundant life. It's John 10, 10. Hallelujah. It's, it's what, it, it, you know, really what it is. Did you know this is a picture of the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the life you live after you get it? And if you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and it didn't, it, didn't, it didn't radically change your life, then you need to go in for another dip. Hallelujah. Either you've leaked or you, need to, you didn't get dipped good and hallelujah. 
Because I'm telling you, when we got baptized in the Holy Ghost, and this is how it's the way it's supposed to be, is I'm telling you, it was just like that song we used to sing, I found a new way of living. I found a new life divine. I have the fruit of the Spirit. I'm abiding, abiding in the vine. Hallelujah. It was just like that and never been the same. And if you are not, if your cup's not running over every day, well, like my little grandmother used to say, get at the spout where the glory comes out. Hallelujah. You ain't going to get it at home watching Star Trek or something because that's not where the glory's coming out. You're not even going to get it at home watching uh, uh, conservative Republican television. They're just going to scare the wadden out of you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. And I don't. I mean, we should stay informed, but, oh, hallelujah, but not, not so much. Thank you, Jesus. And besides all that, Jesus is the one with all the answers. They might know a thing or two, but they don't know it all. If they knew it all, we wouldn't be where we are. Hallelujah. They didn't know enough how to get it done the past years and stuff. So uh, uh, anyway, <clears throat> so, uh, so we see in the scriptures this double kingdom. Adam forfeited his dominion. A wicked kingdom began to rule in the heavenlies. In the heavenlies too, not just on earth, but in the heavenlies. Not in the third heaven, but in the first and second heaven, we see that. And we see that from the scripture we'd read that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers, principalities, uh, wicked, uh, wicked rulers in high places. And uh, I, I got that all scrambled. But anyway, uh, and, and wicked spirits in the heavenlies. In that second heaven, there are things ruling that are wicked. Uh, and these ruling spirits affect the lives of men upon the earth. They are unseen forces that dominate men who rule nations on earth. If the men let them, they will rule that. Now, Ephesians 6.10, I was quoting it then, but I'll go back. Ephesians, let's go back and get it all straightened out because I didn't do a real good job quoting it. For we, if he, let's start at 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. All the problems you're having, the problems in the United States, it's not a flesh and blood thing that we're having to wrestle with. Hallelujah. It's manifesting through flesh and blood. Uh, but we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Um, <clears throat> so we're not dealing with the natures and personalities of men. Even if they're not Christians. Of course, if they're not Christians, they're feeding into this. And if they're Christians who are ignorant, they may ignorantly feed into these spirits that are ruling and trying to speak through, the, speak to them and everything. Now, uh, if, if he, Hebrews 5.14. So a nation can have a spirit ruling over it and a, uh, or even a city could, could have that, um, something influencing the city. I'm looking for Hebrews. I'll find it in a minute. Hebrews uh and where did I tell you to go? 5.14. Hebrews 5.14. And here, if you will develop yourself spiritually, you will be able to discern some of this. 
I mean, you know, a lot of Christians, they couldn't, they couldn't, they just don't discern things. I can tell sometimes by what they watch on TV. And I know that they got to be undiscerning because they freely tell us and the whole world some of the stuff they're watching. I've literally read on, on, uh, uh, Facebook and places like that and saw that people, I'm like, you can't mean that that's your favorite TV show. There's something influencing you in the heavenlies. Because I, I can turn that thing on and I go, oh my gosh, that's awful. Uh, okay. I'll tell you one that's wicked and you may be watching it and I don't mean to step on your toes, but it's wicked. I don't care if you discerned it or not. And that's that house. And some of you won't even know what I'm talking about. But, well, praise God. But somebody, a Christian told me, oh, that's a good show. I watched that thing once and I thought, that's kind of weird. The second time I watched it, I said, the, the guy, the main doctor is a practicing Wiccan. I'm like, how, how dumb can you get and still breathe? And you know, when you toy around with those things and you're a Christian... Oh my God, you're just setting yourself up to be deceived more and more, and then we wonder why the word don't work for us. So I don't know, maybe you've never seen it. Don't watch it, just, just see. Just take my word for it, it's awful. One of many that are horrible. That's why I have to watch, I have to watch Fox News. <laughs> <laughs> There's, and, and HGTV, which is awful because some, well, so many are gay on there. They've got a gay agenda on HGTV, but a lot of it's just decorating. So I just decorate, decorate, decorate. And Pastor says, I feed that and then I want him to paint, paint, paint. <laughs> paint and do this and saw this off. And I'm all, because I'm feeding that thing. Hallelujah. Praise God. But I can't watch, you know, Carter wanted to watch The Little Chocolatier. You know, that's the little dwarfs that have a chocolate store. And I sit there and watch that, and I'm just like, I said, Carter, I cannot watch this. He said, what, Nanny, you don't like it? I said, I want to go eat the whole refrigerator full of chocolate. I could, and they make, de they, they make a desk, they made a desk out of chocolate, and somebody picked up the leg and just ate the whole leg. I'm like, I could eat, I could eat the leg and the desk, and, the, cause, and I'm not supposed to be eating none of that, and it's like, Carter, we cannot watch just chocolate show every time you come. So you can't watch, somebody said Keith Moore watches the Food Network all the time. I said, I cannot do that, you know. Uh, Praise God. I guess we'll have to start watching L.A. Inc. or something like that. No? Not that? Is that bad? It's just not just about getting tattoos, huh? No, no. Okay, well, what is there? No, I don't watch that. Whew. Where are we? If Hebrews 5.14. Okay, but strong meat belongeth to them that are full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses. That's you're talking about your spiritual senses exercised to discern both good and evil. I know I was in a place in Tuscaloosa the other day, a certain neighborhood cutting through. I was making a cut through. And you know what? I went, you know, it don't feel good in this part of town. Something ain't right here. And there was churches on every side of the road. And it wasn't Greensboro on downtown. I, well, I'm not going to tell you where it was. But I just, but I can go through little towns sometimes when we're traveling and go, something not right in this town. Something. Hallelujah. I mean, so that's that influence in the spirit realm. <clears throat> that influence of those wicked spirits. And you know, sometimes it doesn't have to be anything that is not even necessarily sin. 
It can be laws that have been set in motion by ancestors in days past. It can be uh, Indians that practice witchcraft there. It can be a place where witchcraft was practiced. But it can also be sin. I mean, I can tell you I do not like Shreveport. I don't like that town. We go through it all the time. I won't stay in Shreveport. I do not like it. It don't even feel safe to me. I think, you know, and it's got all these casinos and probably the mafia. No telling what. And so we just press on, no matter how tired we are, and we get to Monroe or, or Vicksburg. And there's casinos in Vicksburg too, but not so, not don't feel so bad. Hallelujah. So won't stay in, don't like to stay, you know, well. So if you leave Dallas, because they don't have a hotel worth staying in until you get to Shreveport after you leave Dallas. You know, there are all those interstate little Scottish inns and stuff like that. Do not stay in Scottish inns. We have a rule in our family. You do not stay in a Scottish inn. <laughs> you better have the blood of Jesus and ten angels around you. Them, those are scary looking places, you know. Hallelujah. I know you are getting a lot of good information tonight that you will be able to use. If you have to choose between sleeping in your car and a Scottish inn, I'd advise to sleep in your car that night. Hallelujah. Uh, huh? Yeah. Okay, so being developed spiritually. You can know some things with your heart, and you don't have to know anything with your head. You can just say, this don't feel right. And you can check into a hotel and say, this hotel doesn't feel right. Something doesn't feel like. But then on the other hand, you can check into a hotel that is completely unsafe and, and feel okay. We checked in. We See, before we learned Montgomery, we came in the back way one night with Eric and Colin and Chris. I think that was before we had kids. And we was going to the beach. And we got on the back side of Montgomery and stayed at a Ramada Inn. And the door wouldn't even lock on the hotel room. <laughs> And this is on the bad side of Montgomery, which we didn't know it was the bad side. And uh, Eric, we just put his rollaway bed in front of the door so they'd have had to come through him to get. And he was just a little feller, you know, about a freshman in high school or something, sophomore. And uh, we got him in. And uh, uh, so the next morning, we're all waiting in the car. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Where's Dad? Well, he, somebody said he's got his turban on. And he was in there with that Indian guy negotiating over $5 because the door wouldn't shut. And have you ever tried to get $5 out of an Indian? I'm talking about a India Indian. Hallelujah. Woo. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Okay. I'm trying to get to this. Hallelujah. Also in Matthew 12, 33, it says, you know, if we don't discern anything spiritually, then we ought to go to the next test, which is fruit. The Bible, Matthew 12, 33 says, we will know them by their fruit. You know that? Or another thing is in Hebrews, I mean, excuse me, Jude 12, verse 12 of Jude, it says, uh, we can know things sometimes because somebody's completely without fruit. It might not just be bad fruit, but being, you know, in Hebrews 12, it says, without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. Hallelujah. So not just... But if something's bearing bad fruit, I don't care what they say with their mouth. If the fruit's not right, the tree's not right. If the fruit's not right, the tree's not right. 
And I'm not talking about one mess up or something, but I'm talking about a chain of bad fruit. Or then we could go on to uh, 1 Corinthians 15.33, and it says, we can know them by the company they keep. And in some versions, what it actually says there is, uh, bad company corrupts good morals. So if somebody's keeping bad company, so we have all these ways we can tell if something's not right. And, we, and, and most often, since we don't get to be in the room with presidential candidates and, and politicians, we have to look at fruit and we have to look at voting records. And if they have no fruit, that should be a great indication too. Or the company they keep. And if all the company they keep with are hoodlums, something's wrong. Something's bad, wrong. And so uh, know them by that. And the Bible warns us not to be deceived about these things. And so, and what it is, is this, this double kingdom. And uh, hallelujah, I got about eight minutes, but I want us to pray about some needs. And I can't do this next week. When am I going to do this, Pastor? Next week, we're going to have missionaries here. The, uh, the Fethkiners are going to be here. And they're always a blessing. And they're not just going to talk about starving children in Thailand. They're going to give you the word. And I believe they have a word for Word of Life Church. So I'm not going to get to preach this, but I want to tell you some more about the double kingdom when the Lord leads. Okay, so I'm just going to ask you, can y'all hold that and not lose it all that we've gotten so we don't have to lay the whole foundation? Would y'all hold that in your heart by the Holy Ghost and the power of the Holy Spirit till we get back to it? Okay, so if that's the case and you'll do that, let's pray tonight. Hey, amen. Our prayers are what are, makes God able to uh, intervene in these situations. I want to tell you more about that uh, next time. Hallelujah. Uh, well, we're going to come up around the altar and pray tonight, and we're going to dim the lights and everything. But And one of the things we're going to pray is we're going to pray for Cindy's daughter. Uh, she's, uh, can I say this? She is her middle daughter, not the one that was here Sunday, but another daughter named Allison. You can lift her up in prayer, but she's been passing out and they can't find out what's wrong with her. Well, we're going to change that in prayer tonight. The Lord's going to help her. We're going to believe Him that they'll find it. Hallelujah. Amen. So come on up here. Let's pray. <coughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Is there anything else you know of we need to pray tonight? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Come and view. come over here and pray with Cindy, and let's believe God with her. They find Ada Boho de We thank you, Lord. You're the all wise one. So bring these doctors, Lord. Reveal to them, Lord God, the exact problem in Jesus' name. 
And then, Lord, we thank you, Father, for your healing power released to Allison now, that you send your word and heal her and deliver her from her destruction. Hina maha sha ila baha shaka brete ke brata ko hushe ara boho se ke brata ko hosha o te ke brete ki bosa kabose o te ke brata ko hoshe Hina maha sha ila baha shaka brata ko hoshe ana moho saka brata ko hoshe ara boho she ke brata ko hosi hina maha shaka brata ko hose that that which is hidden will be made uh, revealed in Jesus name ara boho she ke brata ko hose ila baha shaka brata ko hoshe ara boho se ke brata ko hoshe hina maha so ke brete ke Brete ke brete, o te ke brata goho sham, ara boho she ke brata goho si, ila baha shaka brata goho she, ina maha shaka brate kiko boho she, ara boho se, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We praise you. Hada bohose. I think we got that. Hallelujah. I praise you, Lord, for it. Ada bohose. Now let's just go on and you pray out the plans that. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Now I declare to you, I say to you, there's things, even as we were praying for Cindy's daughter about an unfolding, uh, that which is in darkness being brought to the light, I'm telling you there's things to, to see and know in your life. Let's just, let's just lift a hand to heaven right now and just get some seeing and knowing in our life. Let's get some mysteries that have been kind of dogging our past, some things that are just hadn't been working out, that are just staying too long, and some things that are just uh, hanging around and some trouble. Right now, we're going to see and know. Lord, just I thank you right now for wisdom from above. Lord, entering into the heart of these believers, Lord, that we see, we see the trouble, and Lord, more than that, we see the answer, and we know, we know what to do. We know how to handle it. We we know, Lord, the next step, the next step. We take the next step. And Lord, if anybody's stuck tonight in this room, Lord, right now, get us unstuck. Lord, I praise you. I thank you, Lord, for getting us all unstuck so we can move into the glory from glory to glory, from faith to faith, Lord, to move up now in Jesus' name. Let the month of April be our unstuck and move up month in every way, in every family. Lord, in money, in Jesus' name. Lord, we claim, Lord, we're unstuck in our money now. Lord, we thank you, Lord, uh, other troubles, other challenges, we just get unstuck in Jesus' name. Would y'all agree with me on that? Hallelujah. I'm unstuck. Hallelujah. I'm free right now. Amen. Things are better than they've ever been. I tell you, we get our prayers answered. I get my prayers answered to you. Well, amen. 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 Well, y'all may be seated. Could we have a little candle turned on in one place? Praise God. A little candle. We're going to receive our midweek tithes and offerings. I want to tell y'all, the anointing of God has been amped up. And, and I want to tell you, that we're just experiencing. You can't, you can't do everything by finances because I know that lots of places, they got, you know, they got money and this, that, and the other. 
But I tell you, if on a, over a long period of time, you can measure some things by your money and the money is flowing. Uh, we got uh, the church today in the mail. We get, we get checks in the mail here at Word of Life all the time. We got a check today from out of town. We got a check yesterday from way from out of state. I'm telling you just stuff just uh, and what I'm telling you this for is that what's happening to us is happening to us. All of us and the, the any of us, it's happening. So put your faith on that because it's, it's, it's raining. It's raining and we've been praying, we've been believing for the rain to fall and it's raining. And so don't sit there like Brother Hagin, like a like, like a doorknob or whatever, you know, we got to all wake up and say, you know, I need to take hold. There's a time to stand. There's a time to stand and having done all to stand. But then there's a time to move out, move out. So you got to discern and know, hey, it may be time for me to move out and take a step. We had people last Sunday morning that on their own, you know, we took no special offering on Sunday. We just just tithes and offerings. Down. But we had people that the Lord had prompted them in the, in the weeks before that to say, you know, I'm going to bring a special offering to God. And, you know, they just worked it out with their faith because that was important to them. Not everything in our giving has to be initiated by somebody else. It's great, you know, when, when we say we're going to pay this off and we're going to do this and everybody says, hey, I want to be in that. But the highest form of prosperity is when God speaks to you and says, I want you, and nobody else knows, but you, and you obey what he told you, I'm telling you, that is a powerful moment. It's, the other's not unpowerful, but I'm telling you, that's powerful. So you, we're, it's raining right now. So hallelujah. And uh, uh, friend day's coming, and, uh, and gold is forgiving is now. And uh, think, just, just don't let church be like it may have always been to you. Wake up, be in your prayer, saying, Lord, what's my part? Not just to say, well, if they need somebody, I'll volunteer. But you get out there and say, Lord, initiate something with me. Let me be someone that just says, how about this? And do something spontaneously. Uh, that's how Samson got involved. And, you know, just, just all through the Bible is people said, I'm going to do something for God. Amen. So let's, let's receive. Are y'all ready to receive? Well, you'll give and then the Lord will receive. Hallelujah. I've got a tithe. Have you got a tithe tonight? Have you got a seed? What have you got? Hallelujah. We're going to speak over it. We're going to believe we take it. Lord, tonight, we thank you. You receive. And you, Lord God, take from what we give. So tonight, receive us by receiving our tithes and our offerings. Lord, we receive the blessing of the Lord that maketh rich and adds no sorrow to it. Lord, right now, we receive that our future is changed, it's turned, it's upgraded. Lord, there is a promotion on our future. There's insights, there's opportunities, there's avenues that now are open to me because of this seed. We thank you for it. We call it great and give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory. Well, amen. Hallelujah. Now, y'all get used to all these chairs being filled up. Y'all just get used to it because that's, 
That's, where we're, that's, that's who we are, and that's what we have. Amen. Good news. Good life. Good news. Good life. I'm telling you, that's who we are. We've been that a long time, but I'm telling you, we're going to tell somebody. Amen. Lord, I bless what you have blessed, and we go out, Lord, blessed to be a blessing. We ask you, Lord, to help us to see the opportunities that are in our path. Lord, people with needs that we have the answer. Lord, we wake up. If we've been slumbering, we wake up to that. And Lord, we enter into the opportunity with our faith. Lord, thank you for fruit that remains. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Before you leave, I just wanted to say that Word of Life Church is on Facebook now. Uh, uh, Word of Life Church, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. So if you're on Facebook, go on and be a, become a fan so that the pastor's wife's not the only fan. Uh, <laughs> hallelujah. And then we'll be putting, we'll put announcements and things that are going on. We'll put it on there and, you know, and pe other people will see it. Hallelujah. So, uh, uh, it, I mean, even if you're on Facebook, then they'll see it just because uh, if it says Garland is a fan of, they'll go, oh, what, what is Garland a fan of? Well, he's a, So that's how it'll work out. Anyway, so go become a fan on Facebook, hallelujah, of Word of Life Church, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. He said we're not relevant. Yeah. We're not up, yeah. uptown.